if I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in, I would have done it. Now, I'm not calling for a confiscation. What I'm saying is we should invest in a buyback, that we should restrict any weapons that aren't bought back to gun clubs, hunting clubs, shooting ranges, keep them there where it's safe and not on our streets. And if you were caught, just like if you were caught, you know, with drugs or anything else, they had probable cause to go into your home and you had one of these weapons, yeah, you'd be prosecuted. I'm What's the efficacy of, pa of banning these magazine clips? I will tell you, these, these, this is, these are um, ammunition. They're bullets. So the people who have those now, they're going to shoot them. And so if you ban, if you ban them in the future, the number of these high-capacity magazines is going to decrease dramatically over time because the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. And seven bullets in a gun. Why? Because the high-capacity magazines that give you the capacity to kill a large number of human beings in a very short period of time uh, is nonsensical to a civil society. No one will be able to be armed. We yes, will sir. take all yes, weapons. Sir. I uh, made my intentions, uh, my, my views clear. I did think we ought to extend the assault weapons ban. Come on. This is crazy. You can't certainly use this for hunting. But some of these bullets, as you saw, have an incendiary device on the tip of it, which is a heat-seeking device. So you don't shoot deer with a bullet that size. If you do, you could cook it at the same time. It is easier for you to buy a a firearm than it is for you to buy a book. The Australian example, as I recall, that was a buyback program. The Australian government, as part of trying to clamp down on the availability of automatic weapons, offered uh, a good price for buying hundreds of thousands of guns, and then they basically clamped down going forward. And I believe that we do not need assault weapons on our streets. That makes no sense. And we have gone through this before, and we know that when we take assault weapons off the streets, our communities are safer. Those are common sense gun safety regulations. That I supported a ban on assault weapons. And over the years, I have strongly supported instant background checks, doing away with this terrible gun show loophole. Everybody wants to preserve the right of uh, people that want to use guns for sport, hunting, or target practice to have the right to do so. But that doesn't mean you have an assault weapon. That doesn't mean you have a rifle that's advertised as able to bring down a commercial airliner at a mile and a half or bullets that are designed to go through bullet-resistant vests. Those are very different things. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. We have federal regulations and state laws that prohibit hunting ducks with more than three rounds, and yet it's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines. You know, uh, the five-shot rifle, that's a standard military rifle. The problem is if you attach a clip to it so it can fire more shells and uh, if you remove the pin so that it becomes an automatic weapon and those are independent uh, criminal offenses that that's when they become essentially a weapon of uh, mass destruction do you know what a barrel shot is i actually don't know what a barrel shot is because it's in your legislation that goes up no it's not this is a ghost gun this right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 
magazine clip in half a second. <sighs> These were all publicly elected officials. And we are supposed to believe that A, nobody wants to take our guns, and B, these people know what they're talking about somehow. <laughs> oh boy. The Second Amendment Liberal Podcast. Welcome back to Episode 6 of the Second Amendment Liberal Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. I apologize for the introduction, but believe me, it hurt me far more than it did you. I almost had an aneurysm pouring through clip after clip of anti-gun rights politicians saying ridiculously ignorant things, flat out making stuff up and advocating for the removal of our civil rights. There's far more where that came from, but I will spare us all. Today we're going to be discussing popular anti-gun myths and talking points you've no doubt seen parroted online and on cable news channels brainlessly and relentlessly. I take issue with the anchors and guests on these news networks that are allowed to spew nonsense and falsehoods disguised as fact without ever being challenged. We all know how they love to talk about semi-automatic firearms and brand them as assault weapons while showing a clip of a person firing a fully automatic machine gun in order to confuse the gun illiterate into believing that you can go into a Walmart and walk out with an M16 in five minutes without a background check. It's this kind of crap that really irks me. The first myth I'm going to address is the claim that nobody wants to take your guns. Let me clarify what us gun rights supporters mean when we say they want to take our guns. Banning entire classes of firearms, even without confiscation, is taking our guns. You're denying me my future purchases, along with the purchases of my children, grandchildren, and so on. You're stealing the opportunity to practice gun rights away from future generations. Many politicians like Hillary Clinton have expressed interest and even support for the Australian model, which they lovingly refer to as a buyback. How can a government buy back property it never owned? It was a confiscation with the threat of prison time for holding out. There's no way you can disguise it, rebrand it, or put lipstick on a pig to change what occurred in Australia to make it seem more palatable. This popular proclamation of nobody wants to take your guns is often paired with Obama took your guns right lol to portray us gun rights supporters as paranoid conspiracy theorists who are standing in the way of societal progress by not handing over the reins to these politicians who love to insist they support the second amendment despite their tireless attempts to undermine it by the way the Obama administration banned 7N6 5.45 by 39 from being imported into the country, essentially cutting off the supply to affordable ammunition for AK-74s, which as far as I'm concerned is a soft ban on the platform. They also attempted to ban 5.56 by 45 M855, but the gun community threw a fit and stopped that one from happening. Obama definitely tried, especially in the aftermath of Sandy Hook, but only failed because we stopped him. Do you think if we just sat back and let his and Congress's gun control wash over us, we'd have intact gun rights today? I don't think so. 
This isn't some far-right, anti-Obama screed. Bush was in favor of the 1994 assault weapon ban, as evidenced by the clip of him saying so in the intro. Even Libertarian Vice President candidate Mike Weld wasn't exactly a friend of gun rights. This mentality of playing fast and loose with the Second Amendment is not preserved for just Democrats, although they are the worst offenders, despite the fact that Republicans like Reagan exist, who essentially set off the spark that destroyed the state of gun rights in California. The recently passed Initiative 1639 in Washington state is proof that this notion these politicians support the Second Amendment is bunk. This initiative establishes safe storage requirements, which is blatantly against the Heller decision, and brands almost all semi-automatic firearms, even down to the ever-popular and humble Ruger 1022, as an assault weapon. That's the beauty of this made-up term, assault weapon. It can be anything anti-gunners want it to be. This goes hand-in-hand with their constant need to falsely establish that the Second Amendment is all about hunting and sport shooting, and thus anything not designed for these purposes should be illegal. Those of us who know better understand that's not where it will end. Bolt-action rifles designed to hunt deer will inevitably be labeled as military-style sniper rifles, should these authoritarians get their way. Lever-action rifles and single-action revolvers will be accused of being cowboy shootout at the OK Corral murder weapons that nobody needs. Single-shot breech-loading rifles like the Martini Henry will be labeled as racist imperialist military-style weapons designed to shoot Zulus and Indians that nobody needs unless they're going to conquer and oppress someone. Since we're on the subject of assault weapons... I'd like to address this myth that the AR in AR-15 stands for assault rifle. Those of us who are into guns know it doesn't. It stands for Armalite Rifle, named after the company that first produced it. Assault rifles are currently heavily regulated under the National Firearms Act of 1934 and the Hughes Amendment of 1986. The average person has almost no access to them. Assault rifles are intermediate chambered rifles that are select fire. Essentially, they are machine guns that fire a cartridge that has power in between that of a pistol and a full rifle. The AR-15 only shares the caliber and the aesthetics of its military counterpart, the M16. It is semi-automatic only, which means only one round is fired per pull of the trigger. There is no full auto functionality. Semi-automatic technology has been around for well over 100 years and in common use. It's not some newfangled, cutting-edge, space-age technology that was only introduced in the last 10 years. Hell, the AR-15 itself came about in the 1950s and 60s. This is nothing new, and back then mass shootings were even less common than they are now, despite the fact in those days you could actually freely buy a fully automatic firearm if you desired and have it shipped straight to your door without a background check of any kind. Before 1934, a child could literally walk into a hardware store, buy a genuine fully automatic Thompson submachine gun, and walk out in minutes without any background check. Where were all the mass shootings then? This brings me to the point of compromise. Anti-gunners love to insist that we never compromise, despite the fact that since 1934 we've not only compromised, we've full-on surrendered large portions of our rights. The NFA, the Gun Control Act of 1968, and the Hughes Amendment were not compromises. They represent a white flag of unconditional surrender. 
things have slowly been tilted towards the favor of anti-gunners, despite some small wins here and there for gun rights. But overall, we've yet to see this magical mythical compromise ever occur with any results in our favor. Another C word they love to throw around is conversation. They claim all they want to do is have a conversation. Bullshit. Every time they speak, they prove they know nothing about firearms or the laws pertaining to them, nor do they wish to ever learn. When we attempt to correct them to establish facts about reality, we are told we are gunsplaining and attempting to shut down the conversation with pedantics. I'm sorry, but in the world of firearms, there is no room for technical flexibility. You must understand things precisely and accurately. If you fail to do this, especially in terms of drafting legislation, you either make things illegal that shouldn't be, or you leave tons of loopholes that are easily navigable. People who are into marijuana already know how this feels. The federal government classifying it as a Schedule One drug is laughable, and anyone with any modicum of familiarity on the matter knows how nonsensical it is. I've never done marijuana or any drug for that matter other than something like caffeine or medication. I have no desire to try it, but even I understand how ridiculous our current laws are. The way marijuana is legislated is exactly how firearms are in this country. A lot of people support legalization of marijuana, but want to continue to treat firearms in the same manner. It makes no logical sense. Another point I want to talk about is this roughly 30,000 gun-related deaths annually in this country. Yes, that number is accurate, but what aunties don't want you to know is two-thirds of that number are suicides. That's the majority of gun deaths. That's not a gun problem, that's a suicide problem. Another point that is tangentially related to this is the factoid that is almost always brought up about gun ownership. They claim having a gun in your home increases the chances that gun will be used to kill you or someone you love. This is absolutely true. However, the same can be said about anything. Having a pool in your backyard increases your chances of drowning. Owning a dog increases your chances of being mauled to death. Owning a ladder increases your chances of dying from a high fall. It's a meaningless statistic that applies to literally anything in existence. Furthermore, people act like there are no methods to mitigate these chances, such as training, voluntary safe storage, flashlights, alarms, etc., as anyone with a brain has now noticed, the anti-gun side of the argument is almost entirely comprised of a compulsion to control the lives of others. Misinformation, disinformation, emotional manipulation, subterfuge, trickery, willful, arrogant ignorance, and buffoonery. There's a lot of people out there who don't know anything about guns, but are totally rational. If I weren't educated about firearms, and all the exposure I ever received was from CNN coverage after every mass shooting and Hollywood films, I'd probably be taken to the streets to protest against guns too. It's up to us to provide education and point people in the right direction so they can receive proper exposure to guns in a controlled and friendly setting so they can see they aren't the horrifying demons they've been instructed to believe they are. If you want to take guns... Just admit it. I'll have far more respect for your position if you just come right out and say it, instead of trying to mask it with colorful, pretty language like common sense gun safety, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Just come out and say it, please. This is your host, Brad. Unfortunately, we don't have any advertisers at the moment. Thankfully, Patreon has us covered. 
As most people are aware, social media entities across the internet are clamping down on the ability for gun-related content producers to fund their projects. Your support on Patreon gives those of us here at the Second Amendment Liberal Podcast the ability to keep the lights on. As this project grows, expect interviews with interesting and notable people in the gun world, reviews of cool gun-related products, and travel to locations around the country to get the scoop on stories that otherwise would be out of reach. I have big things planned for the future of this podcast, folks. For $3 a month, you can pledge your support on Patreon. As things develop and take off around here, there will be all sorts of tears and perks. If you find yourself unable to support us monetarily, hey, that's cool. I understand. I know money is tight for many people right now, and I just appreciate you listening. Go to patreon.com slash 2A liberal podcast. The number two, the letter A, liberal podcast, and become a patron today. Thank you very much for listening. That's the show for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my rants, and I'm happy that somebody finds value in it. You all have a good day now, all right? Peace.